Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen Center for Media Evangelization in Ewing, New Jersey, welcome to Come to Me with Jim Manfredonia. Stay tuned for an hour of talk, reflections, and meditations on topics that are important to today's Catholics. And now, here is your host, Jim Manfredonia. And a very, very good day to you, my friends. Welcome once again to Come to Me. I am Jim Manfredonia, and as always, it is a great joy to be here with you. As we come together and the Lord blesses us, we pray every Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, live at 4 o'clock on our Domestic Church media network of stations and also on all the other platforms that are available to us that we're taking advantage of. Um as the Lord allows, and we also repeat this program on those same days, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, 10 p.m., uh, and uh, I know uh, I get word from you that uh, there are many of you who do listen to the program at that time as opposed to live at 4 o'clock. So anyway, I'm happy you're here on this July, <laughs> July, <laughs> July, I think it's July, January 16th, oh, we're at only July 16th, that would be nice. I didn't be soaking up some sunshine. But anyway, uh, we'll get there eventually, God willing. Uh, but I do hope you're enjoying this day. It uh, is a, a bit brisk out today, a bit breezy, but uh, it is January. So I think back to January's past. You know, you get to the middle of January and, and you're like in the thick of uh, thick of winter. I, and as I, I shared with you, I leave the studio here. And the program's over at 5 o'clock, wrap up here in the studio, get out to the hallway toward my office uh, about five or ten after, uh, before I head for the chapel. But uh, last night when I finished, last evening, I, I saw the, there was still some daylight outside. So the days are getting longer, which is great news. Uh, today being Thursday, it is Catechism Day. I want to pick up again where we left off last week in the Catechism on the people of God. That's us. And today we're going to go to beginning at paragraph 787 in our Catechism where we are taught about the church, the body of Christ, that the church is communion with Jesus. And I have shared with you, my brothers and sisters, how important it is, I believe, for us to all come together as one united body of Christ, united in the truth, united in Christ, um, and and just stop all the division. I can't stand it. But we'll talk about see what the Catechism teaches. Also... Uh, this was from, I believe, earlier this week, uh, Holy Father... At his morning mass, was talking about authority is not in commanding, but in consistent witness. So we'll hear the words from Pope Francis. Before we do that, my brothers and sisters, we're going to pray. And as always, I do invite you to join me and all of our family. Uh, you know, I think back I, way, 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 way back when I sat behind a Catholic radio microphone for the first time, not my broadcast of the Midnight Mass in 1971, which was my really first time, but first time hosting a program like this, which was in uh, 1995, 25 years ago. And in those days where we used to record the program on cassette tape and uh, could only be heard if you had a radio to listen to the program, uh, as I was broadcasting from a station down in Camden, New Jersey. 
Uh, and today, all the, the means, you know, I, I get, let you in a little secret. Yes, I always record the program, as you know. That's how we repeat it at night at 10 o'clock on the computer here. And yesterday, I forgot to hit the record button. And in the old days, that would have hit the program would have been lost. But it's it's available in so many other formats. So I, all I do is go to our, our, um, our uh, Facebook page and play it here in the studio and record it again. So it's, technology is wonderful. Because it allows us to take the Word of God and bring it out to potentially millions and millions of people every day. And that gives me great joy because, as I said, in the old days, it was, uh, you know, a little little 5,000-watt uh, station and a little cassette that we'd record on, and that was it. But now we have all these other means to uh, listen, watch. So we are, by the way, coming to you live today in video uh, as well as audio. So if you go to our our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash domestic church media. You can watch the program on your tablet, your phone, uh, your smart TV. You could also go to our Facebook page, facebook.com slash domestic church media, and watch it there. We're also streaming a video live right now on our homepage at domesticchurchmedia.org. And don't forget our free mobile app. I was spending the good part of today making sure we're all up to date on all of our archive programs, our audio, our video. It's all up there. You can go to our, our use our uh, Domestic Church Media app, watch and listen to all of our programs. So we thank God for that as well. But let's pray. And whatever your special prayer intention is, my friends, whatever those special requests that you might have of the, of the Lord. You know, yesterday we talked about uh, the Lord's mess, so to speak, and how we see things, not really a mess at all. Everything is perfectly aligned according to God's plan. And so in our prayer, we pray those prayers, praying that, and most important, you know, that our wills are compliant with his. And that's when we're, mo we're most at peace. I always found myself in, in, my, in the course of my life to be struggling the most when I was fighting the Lord's will, as opposed to allowing myself to be, become docile and, be, and, and make my will compliant with his. That's when we're at peace. It may not be the most comfortable part of life at times, Think about the Lord himself walking down the, the Via Dolorosa. That wasn't his most comfortable time, but it was God's will. And so uh, for a, a greater purpose, obviously, our salvation. Uh, so even in our own life, you know, we find ourselves walking down these, uh, these um, Via Dolorosas of our own. Yet we're still in compliance with God's will. He asks us to do these things, to, to bear these things for a greater purpose. And so in our prayer, let's always pray that God's will be done and pray for whatever it is we need. You know, our Lord loves when we come to him. Our Father, he loves when we come to him with our prayer intentions and our prayer requests. So wherever you are right now, my friends, whoever you're listening, watching, whatever day, time it is for you right now, it's all in the perfect time of God's time. So let's begin as we begin all good things, that is in the name of the Father and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And we'll continue to pray the prayer for a blessing on the new year. We'll play the, uh, pray this throughout January and um, invite you to also pray along with me. I'm praying from the Little Catholic Family Prayer Book published by our Sunday Visitor. I got this prayer book many, many years ago, but beautiful prayers included in this prayer. I'm assuming they still publish it, but it's our Sunday Visitor. It's called the Catholic Family Prayer Book. And so we pray, O Sacred and Adorable Trinity... Hear our prayers on behalf of our Holy Father, the Pope, our bishops, our clergy, and for all that are in authority over us. Bless we beseech thee during the coming year, 
the whole Catholic Church, convert heretics and unbelievers, soften the hearts of sinners so that they may return to thy friendship, give prosperity to our country and peace among the nations of the world, pour down thy blessings upon our friends, relatives, and acquaintances, and upon our enemies if we have any, assist the poor and the sick, have pity on the souls of whom this past year thou hast taken from us. And do thou be merciful to those who during this coming year will be summoned before thy judgment seat. May all our actions be preceded by the inspirations and carried on by thy assistance, so that our prayers and our works, having been begun in thee, may likewise be ended through thee. Amen. And as our Holy Father requested about a year and a half ago, he asked the faithful to pray every day the prayer to St. Michael the Archangel and also this beautiful ancient prayer to our Blessed Mother, the Subtum Presidium prayer. And he asked specifically that we pray these prayers to protect the church from the attacks of the devil. And so we pray, St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle, be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray, and do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. We fly to thy protection, O Holy Mother of God. Do not despise our petitions and our necessities, but deliver us always from all dangers, O glorious and blessed Virgin. Amen. And we pray, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, we love you. Pray for us. Venerable Archbishop Sheen, pray for us. Saint Pope John Paul II, pray for us. Our Lady of Good Remedy, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. And again, I thank you, my friends, for praying together and encourage you, please, continue to send us your prayer intentions. You know, uh, Bruce will be here Monday, as he is on the first and third Monday of every month at 3 p.m. live uh, with his program, Come to the Throne. And we uh, throw open the virtual prayer tent here and invite you to participate by letting us know what your special prayer requests and intentions are, and especially to call in and pray with Bruce live over the air. It always gives him great joy, I know, when he's able to communicate with you directly, you can call in during that hour between 3 and 4 o'clock on Monday coming up, as we do on the first and third Mondays. But also, uh, as, as a prelude to that, if you'd like to send in your prayer requests, and I'll line them up here for Bruce. First, I bring them into the chapel and pray for you myself uh, before the tabernacle in my morning and evening prayer, but uh, also then have them here in the studio for when Bruce comes at 3 o'clock. So uh, we set up a special email for you to email your prayer request to, and it's very simple. It's pray at domesticchurchmedia.org. So you can type out your prayer request and email it to pray at domesticchurchmedia.org, and we'll have them here. I'll give them to Bruce, and he'll pray for you. There's also other ways during the course of the program where you can text us uh, as well as call in and pray with Bruce. It's a very important part of our apostolate. You know, we're so blessed. As I was uh, sharing with you a few moments ago, today I was kind of uploading, making sure we're all up to date on our website, on our mobile app, uh, on our YouTube channel with all of the archive programs we have available to you. And I'm so blessed because as I go down the list of the programs that we produce locally, first of all, as an affiliate of EWTN, 
we couldn't be any happier. I've, I've been really an affiliate of the network from the very beginning, at way, 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 way back when I first began uh, buying time on a Catholic radio station down in Camden uh, in 1995, 96. Uh, I would call the network, and there was a, a wonderful gentleman at the time who was the affiliate relations manager down there. His name was Bernard. And he would send me once a week the CD of the most recent Mother Angelica Live program. Mother was still doing her program on the on TV. And they would send me the audio, and every Tuesday I would air that program on the radio. It was like the only the only radio station for, you know, the whole East Coast and probably out. I don't even think there was another. I think the first Catholic radio station was 1996 or 97 out in Sacramento, California. So we were putting Mother Angelica live on the radio here back in 1995-96. And so I've been an affiliate ever since. So we're always, always so honored uh, to be an affiliate of this wonderful network. It was Mother herself who gave me and Cheryl the the great commission to do what we're doing today. However, I do know the importance of local programming, and I was I was lo- uploading our, our archive programs today. Uh, of course, uh, this program I've been doing for 25 years. Cheryl joins me on Friday for Friday Live. Cheryl does her music program. Uh, I, I, we've we've uh, salvaged uh, some of that from from the uh, attack we had led the cyber attack we had last year. So we we're playing those again. Of course, uh, as I mentioned, Bruce is here with his program. Bishop comes and does his program live. We have Bill and George doing Brothers in Arms. We have now uh, Father Jason and Coach McKenna doing Just Be You. We also have from the Diocese of Camden, Talking Catholic. Uh, so at La Voz de Dios from the Archdiocese of Philadelphia, as well as the, the Vocation Hour with Father Steve DeLacy. So all these local programs that we can put on the air uh, that you're not going to hear anywhere else. That's That's the beauty of it is that, you know, you need— uh, we want to have local, and there are other opportunities and you know, all so many ways to listen to so many different Catholic uh, broadcasts and podcasts. But locally, to get local programs here, you get them on domestic church media. So I'm very thankful to Almighty God and also to all of the wonderful men and women who share their gifts and talents with us to to uh, host these programs. And we're still growing, and there's more work to be done and as we expand, hopefully, this year into our more video and things. Uh, I was sitting in chapel this morning after my morning prayer, and I always have a nice conversation with the Lord about the day, about the the, the vision for direction and future, where we're going. And uh, as you know, if you're a regular listener, you know, I, I turned 65 last month, and uh, uh, there's no time for retirement, I'll tell you that. There's too much to be done. So let's keep praying with, uh, with and for each other and keep proclaiming the joy of our gospel, bringing the Word of God out to as many people as possible through all these means of communication that the Lord allows us to have. And as I said yesterday, uh, we're very thankful, very grateful. Uh, I have a wonderful board of directors here at Domestic Church Media. Each and every single one of these individuals has been so generous with their time, talent, and treasure throughout the many years. And uh, one particular couple, uh, once again this year, has come forward and uh, made a, a very generous donation that's going to allow us to upgrade here in the studio our control board. If you're watching the video, you can see the control board we have here in front of me is about 35 years old. And as I understand it from our engineer, the manufacturer of this control board has gone out of business. So if there's a problem, we can't even get a part. 
So again, a very generous couple, members of our Domestic Church Media Board of Directors, has made a very generous donation earmarked specifically for us to purchase a brand new control board, state-of-the-art, digital, all kinds of great bells and whistles that we can do and use, and it's going to be a big help to us, especially me here as I... I'm the one who uses it to be a big, a big improvement for me. So we thank God for that. So you see, the Lord, he, he, he tells me all the time, you know, we, we have a long way to go. So keep forging ahead and uh, I'll, be, I'll take care of you. I'll provide. Don't worry. Just keep going ahead. I'll give you the inspiration. I'll place these inspirations on your heart and uh, let's make them come to fruition and all for God's greater glory. All for God's greater glory. So excited about that. And as I mentioned to you yesterday, I can't get into any kind of detail beyond this, uh, that Cheryl and I are going down to EWTN uh, in March, early March, uh, for a, a few things. And um, just pray for that. We're hoping to have some 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 really exciting and good news about that as well. So let's uh, go first now to the Holy Father. This is from, I believe, earlier this week. I don't see the date on my little... Uh, Piece in front. Oh, it was January fourteenth. So today's so two days ago. Pope Francis was talking about authority, and he was teaching about authority not is not in commanding. He said, but it is in consistent witness. So, Holy Father speaks about on this day two days ago the harm done by what he called inconsistent Christians, and this is interesting, schizophrenic pastors. Now, fathers, don't get upset, <laughs> but I think, first of all, he's not just directing it toward pastors. He's directing it toward all of us as Christians. But he talks about either both inconsistent Christians and schizophrenic pastors who do not bear witness and thus list, uh, distance themselves from the Lord's way of doing things, from his authentic authority. The Holy Father made the point. At Mass. I'm sorry, this is from last Friday morning, so last, it says the 14th, but that was, last Friday was the 10th. Um, <clears throat> he based his homily on last Friday's gospel where Mark notes that Jesus taught as one having authority. As Jesus preaches in the synagogue, St. Mark focuses on the reaction among the people to his way of acting with authority unlike that of the scribes. The Holy Father explained the difference that exists between having authority or the inner authority of Jesus and the authority of the scribes who exercise it but without having it. Despite being experts in teaching the law and listened to by the people, they were not credible. The Holy Father said the authority of the Lord is one of lordship with which he moved about, taught, healed, heard the people. This lordship that came from within demonstrates the consistency between his teaching and his actions. And the Holy Father said that it is this inconsistent, this, I'm sorry, it is this consistency, this testimony that gives authority to a person. Hence, authority is seen in constancy and testimony. We kind of talked a little bit about this the other day, about authenticity, didn't we? So the, Hope, the Holy Father said, on the contrary... He pointed out the scribes were not consistent, which is why Jesus admonished the people to do what they say, but not what they do. He also, Jesus also did not miss an opportunity to reproach the scribes because with this attitude, the Holy Father said, they had fallen into a pastoral schizophrenia. 
I think about that. A pastoral schizophrenia saying one thing and doing something else. And it's got to be an enormous danger for not just pastors, but anybody in authority. I know that. You know, the Lord has given me stewardship over this apostolate. And in the course of the many years of our existence, we've had many people who have volunteered and worked here over whom I have had authority. And you always want to be sure. You know, you know, if you know my story, you know that for 15 years prior to me getting into this vocation, I worked for FedEx. Uh, first, I started out 35 years ago or so as a customer service representative. I was the one that would, you know, there were many, many of us uh, that would take the phone calls, schedule pickups, track packages, all the, the customer service people who uh, many times would have to take the brunt of uh, of customers' ire. You know, it wasn't easy, especially for someone like me, to take it on the chin. But we used to, we were taught, you know, to treat every person as you would want to be treated. Really, the, the company really preached the golden rule, especially with customer service people, the frontline people who had first and direct in contact with the uh, customer base. Then I went in from there into management and, and managing uh, customer service representatives and then went into uh, training and, and developing training modules and things. So I found myself you know, going through that uh, process within the company where they kind of groom you for continual uh, advancement, you know. But one thing that that we learned as especially managers in managing people was to have that empathy, uh, you know, we used to come up with how do you motivate your employees, and it's by, by creating a motivational environment, by giving witness, by being an example, not by demanding and commanding, but by being someone who, you know, got your hands dirty and 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 really allowed yourself to see that uh, you know you're there not as uh, a, a in fact they referred to us as managers, not supervisors. That we would manage the operation and work with the employees, and that's the great quote that I used one time from Holy Father uh, Saint Pope John Paul II, where he was giving a talk to workers on the feast of Saint Joseph the Worker. And I used this quote in in one of my interviews for uh, a um, um, advancement, you know, a uh, going to the next level of management. And I, in in the interview, I and I just quoted from John Paul saying that you know we mustn't treat workers as mere units of production, and that we have to look at our employees as as you know people, not just mere units of production. And it, it, it kind of it, it helped me advance in my career. I didn't just it wasn't just lip service though. It was it was true. I mean, Holy Father made a great point. So here in the case of pastoring, a Holy Father the, the, on this in this homily was talking about pastoral schizophrenia, where pastors may say uh, one thing and then do something else. And at times in the Gospels, Pope Francis points out, Jesus sometimes put them in a corner does not give them any answers or just describes them. The Holy Father said this, uh, that the word that Jesus uses to describe this inconsistency in schizophrenia is hypocrisy. Several times in the 23rd chapter of Matthew, the Holy Father points out, Jesus calls the scribes and Pharisees hypocrites. And the Holy Father said that hypocrisy 
is the way of acting of those who have responsibility over people, hence pastoral responsibility, but are not consistent. They are not lords and do not have authority, but the people of God are meek and tolerate many hypocritical and schizophrenic pastors who are not consistent, who say one thing and don't do it themselves. Now, the Holy Father explained that the people of God who are very tolerant can recognize the power of grace. This, Pope Francis said, is shown in the first reading from the book of Samuel. Again, this is Friday of last week, where the elderly priest Eli had lost all authority with only the grace of anointing remaining. And with that grace, he blessed and performed the miracle of poor Anna, who, distraught by grief, was praying to be a mother. Reflecting on the episode, the Holy Father said that the people of God can distinguish well between a person's authority and the grace of anointing. They can make out a confessor after the heart of Christ. This, the Holy Father said, is the wisdom of our people, who many times tolerate many inconsistent pastors like the scribes and even Christians who go to Mass every Sunday and then live like pagans. Pope Francis said people can easily recognize a scandal and inconsistent behavior inconsistent Christians who don't give witness and inconsistent and schizophrenic pastors who don't give witness do much harm. Now, we can all at times, I guess, find ourselves in moments or experiences of inconsistency in our Christianity. You know, I mean, uh, we're, we're a weak human nature. But to be aware of that is to be able then to work to overcome it. Sadly and unfortunately, many people don't even want to be aware of it. So the people who, as I share this with you, you know, the Holy Father talks about inconsistent pastors, Christians who go to Mass every Sunday and then live like pagans, that people can easily recognize scandal and inconsistent behavior. People, as, as we shared with you yesterday, the day before, I was sharing with you uh, what our, my spiritual director would often talk about. People are attracted to authenticity. We can see that. And so inconsistent Christians, Pope Francis said, who don't give witness, and inconsistent and schizophrenic pastors who don't give witness, these people do much harm. And so the Holy Father prayed that all the baptized may have the authority that does not consist in commanding and making oneself heard, but in being consistent, being a witness, and for this reason, being companions on the way to the Lord. And that's the difference. You know, the Holy Father talks about clericalism. He's been talking about it from the beginning of his, his, his pontificate, and, and some people took a and still do, I suppose, take offense to that. When we, whether we talk about the clericalist layperson, but even more so the clericalist pastor who puts himself in a position of, I am the prince of this parish, and this is my kingdom, and you are my subjects. And he lives that way. And this is what the Holy Father is talking about. I know a lot of people don't want to hear that. You know, even the Holy Father himself got a little grief when he first became Pope and decided that he, he wasn't going to live in the papal palace. He was going to live in the apartments with the rest of the crew. And people see him 
and I've seen it at, at general audiences. You know, after the audience, audience is over, the, the cardinals and the dignitaries and, and invited guests will go to uh, greet the Holy Father. And he doesn't have a problem with you kissing his ring. When people get down on their knees before him, he'll stop them from getting down on their knees. You know, we go back to St. Pope Paul VI, who was the last pope to be um, uh, um, made pope wearing the papal crown. John Paul I says, I'm not wearing that crown. And no pope has worn the tiara since. You know, there was a time when that was, that was, you know, there was no objection to that. And there, but the individual Holy Father said, no, that's not who I am. I'm not going to wear that crown. Uh, so there's, you know, this, this idea that, that Holy Father Pope Francis is talking about here is that we must be authentic in our witness. Whether we are a lay person or a pastor, and what is a pastor? So much responsibility, so much to do, so much on his back, really, when you think about it. And if I know I have pastors who listen. I know. I know sometimes you probably, at the end of your day, look back and say, Lord, I knew, I knew priests in the past who would tell me, quite frankly, that if the bishop asked me to be a pastor, I'm going to say, no, I don't want to be a pastor. <laughs> I want that job. But we, too, as, as lay people, we have a responsibility to go give authentic witness to our Christianity, not in a way that's self-righteous, you know, or, or being, uh, feeling we're holier than thou, but to live as our Lord lived, meek and humbly, and to understand that, that, that our faith is a gift, that we can live and do our best each and every day to live authentically. But we know that, that as we go through uh, what we're going through in this life, it's not always, always easy. That there will be times where we're going to slip up. But we know that we are called, as Pope Francis said, to be consistent in our Christianity, be consistent in our witness. Okay, let me take a break. When I come back, we're going to go to the Catechism of the Catholic Church, since it is Thursday. And we're going to talk about the church, the body of Christ. The church is communion with Jesus. We are the people of God. Stay where you are, my brothers and sisters. I'll be back in just a bit. Don't go away. all over America, what have you done for your marriage today? It's a good question. I gave a huge hug this morning. We've actually organized a date night tonight. I took the baby while she worked. Um, I sent my husband a love email. I have carried my wife's purse. I shopped. We talked. I made my wife laugh. She's still laughing. <laughs> what have you done for your marriage today? Do something a little special. Get started at foryourmarriage.org. A message from the Catholic Communication Campaign.
Hi, I'm Cheryl. And I'm Jim. And we invite you to join us every Friday at 4 p.m. for Friday Live. Two hours of talk, music, interesting, and informative interviews. We'll also have a reflection on Sunday's Gospel, Jim Hoffman's weekend weather forecast, and you'll have a chance to call in and play one of our fun game shows like Saint of the Day or Name That Catholic Tune. It all happens right here Friday at 4 p.m. That's Friday Live, proclaiming the joy of the gospel, communicating hope on these domestic church media stations. Sixty seconds with Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen. Now, in order to understand the knowledge of God, you must make a distinction between foreknowledge and predetermination. The two are not identical. God indeed does foreknow everything, but he does not predetermine us independently of our will and our merits. Just suppose that you knew the stock market very well. And because of your superior knowledge of business conditions, you said that such and such a stock within six months would be selling 10 points higher than it is now. Suppose six months later it actually sold 10 points higher. Would you have predetermined and caused it to be 10 points higher? Although you foreknew it. There were other influences, were there not, besides your superior knowledge? The people you know and trust are on EWTN. Want to work a virtual miracle for your church or charity? Here's something so brilliant yet so simple and meaningful, you have to check it out. It's an internet site called GoodShop.com. GoodShop.com has created a way that lets you support any charity of your choice, and it costs you nothing. The good news is, 700 of the largest internet retailers, stores you already visit online, have teamed up with GoodShop.com to give back a percentage of every purchase you make to your favorite cause. Before you buy anything online, go Go to GoodShop.com, select the charity you care about most, and then click over to your favorite store. Shop as you normally would, pay nothing extra, and a donation will be made to your favorite charity. It's that easy. Visit GoodShop.com today and designate Domestic Church Media as your favorite charity, and a portion of your Internet purchase will be donated to Domestic Church Media and enable us to continue to bring you outstanding Catholic radio. That's GoodShop.com, and designate Domestic Church Media as your favorite charity. GoodShop.com. From Fallsington to Fort Monmouth. Little Silver to Lower Makefield. Rumson to Roebling. Washington Crossing to West Long Branch. Eatontown to Englishtown. Domestic Church Catholic Radio, proclaiming Jesus Christ in the new springtime of the church. Alrighty, welcome back, and in just a moment we're going to go to the Catechism of the Catholic Church and pick up where we left off last week, and last week we were talking about the people of God, we'll continue there with the Church, the body of Christ, the Church is communion with Jesus, so we'll get to that in just a moment, uh, a couple of quick announcements here, uh, tomorrow, 4 o'clock, Cheryl joins me here for Friday Live. And we're going to interview Christina Chase, who's written a book called It's Good to Be Here. Uh, Christina is disabled, uh, practicing Catholic, and she has written a book about 
uh, her situation. She'll be joining us. Also, a wonderful guest and a dear friend of the Apostle, Dr. Paul Thigpen, will be here. He's written a book called Saints Who Saw Hell. So we're going to talk about that. Nothing to laugh about, but uh, should be interesting. Dr. Thigpen is always a great guest. Uh, Jim Hoffman with the weather. We have music talk, play uh, Saint of the Day. We hope you can join us. Also, um, I got a very nice email last night from our friend Mary over at St. Greg's. You know, I announced the uh, holy hour they had last night, and she just wrote to say thank you. She said they had the most people uh, come to that holy hour that they ever had before. So this is great. You see, this is why it's so important, my friends, to get things on this bulletin board. I know there's a lot. I, I, I can't make announcements uh, for all of them. But you can post them, and our uh, anybody can go here to domesticchurchmedia.org and then click on the bulletin board link uh, to see. You could also post your your event there. It's free. We don't charge for this, and I can pull things up and announce you know a few things, and but I can't do it all. But anyway, I want to let you know. You know, January twenty second, next Wednesday, will mark the forty um, seventh anniversary of the Roe v. Wade Supreme Court decision that legalized abortion. 47 years ago. Um, The actual March for Life is Friday the 24th, but let's start on Wednesday. Next Wednesday, the 22nd, there is going to be a Respect Life Mass here in the Diocese of Trenton at 9.30 a.m. Everybody's welcome. It's a Respect Life Mass hosted by the Cathedral of St. Mary of the Assumption right here in Trenton. And... uh, I believe Bishop O'Connell is saying the Mass. Uh, I don't want to don't jump ahead here. No, celebrated by Monsignor Roldan, okay, uh, pastor of the cathedral. And then they're going to walk over to the State House, where New Jersey Right to Life will begin their uh, Right to Life rally at 11 a.m. next Wednesday, the 22nd. So Mass at the cathedral at 9.30. Give you plenty of time to walk. It's not that far. Walk over to the State House where... Uh, Marie Tacey and New Jersey Right to Life will have their rally at 11 a.m. on the 22nd. And then uh, on the 24th itself, I I see here there is a website you can go to. Let me just pull it up. I'm going right from my bulletin board here. So in order for me to see any of this stuff, you have to post it. So please post on our website, domesticchurchmedia.org. The March is in Washington, of course, uh, and there are many buses going down there. And we're told by the diocese that bus departures from around the Diocese of Trenton are posted online at dioceseoftrenton.org slash march hyphen for hyphen life. Okay, so dioceseoftrenton.org forward slash march hyphen for hyphen life. And there's a list of all the buses there. So if you want to go and, you know, you don't want to drive down and you, you want to find a bus near you, go to that website, dioceseoftrenton.org forward slash march hyphen for hyphen life. And you can uh, find a bus uh, that you can hop on there. Um, and also on Friday the 24th, the day of the march. Let me just pull this one up here. <clears throat> I guess for those who can't go down to the march at St. Gabriel's in Marlborough, 
there's going to be a mass, a March for Life mass at 9 a.m. at St. Gabriel's Church in Marlboro, 110 North Main Street. Monsignor O'Connell, assisted by Deacon Rich, uh, there'll be a holy sacrifice of the Mass, followed by the pro-life sorrowful mysteries uh, there. So if you can't get down to the march, be looking for some place to go, to pray, uh, and you're over in that part of, of the state, Marlboro, St. Gabriel's at 9 a.m., they're going to have the holy sacrifice of the Mass, followed by the pro-life sorrowful mysteries uh, rosary being prayed. So... Uh, that's uh, on the 24th itself at 9 a.m. at St. Gabriel's 110 North Main Street in Marlboro. So, friends, if you have something going on, especially as we now get closer to this, uh, the march and other, you know, maybe you have uh, uh, mass or maybe you have other special prayer events for uh, life, please go to our website, domesticchurchmedia.org, and click on the bulletin board link. And then you can also read what's happening, but you can also post your event. It's free. We don't charge. We're here to serve. And you can also go to our uh, free mobile app because the bulletin board is on there as well. If you go to our Domestic Church Media app, which is free. See, we offer all this stuff for free. Um, Go to the app. Open up the app. On the lower right-hand side, it says DCM Info. That's us. Hit that, and then you see there's a section there for the bulletin board. So you can you can add an event right on the mobile app on our bulletin board and also check out the calendar and all the events that are taking place and happening uh, in our listening areas. And the app has so much more. I mean, there's you can watch, you can listen, you can research, you can pray. You can, oh, It's just full of so much information. I really encourage you, download the free Domestic Church Media mobile app for your mobile devices, your tablet, your phone. It's free. Just go to your app store, search for Domestic Church Media. It'll pop up there, download it, and you get it. It's it's a beautiful, beautiful app, and it's free to you. You don't pay a thing for it. We we, we cover the charge. We, we, t- we pick up the, the fee. <laughs> Costs us a fee every month to have it, but we want to give it to you for free. So uh, take advantage of it because there's so much on there. All right, let's go to the catechism, and we began this last week talking about the people of God. That's us. You know, again, I'm stressing this year unity. We must be a unified body. (laughs) The devil loves division. When we are divided, my brothers and sisters, you know, we can can disagree. We can—you know, it used to be the old days. Maybe you'd you'd have a disagreement with someone, and you could have a healthy discussion without— name-calling and backbiting and, and splintering and, and factions, you know, you would disagree with somebody. You don't have the same opinion. And you may not agree on a certain issue or thing or whatever the topic is. Of course, in our church, we're all united with believing the same thing. I, I, and, and, and we have different personalities within our church. But we're all united in the truth of Jesus Christ. That's the key. You know, I'm not, as I said, and I know you're the same way. We're not members of this church because of any deacon, priest, bishop, cardinal, or pope. We're in this church because Jesus Christ founded it. And so we want to be unified in that truth. So in our catechism, paragraph 787 says, From the beginning, 
Jesus associated his disciples with his own life, revealed the mystery of the kingdom to them, and gave them a share in his mission, joy and sufferings. Jesus spoke of a still more intimate communion between him and those who could follow him. And then they quote from Scripture, Abide in me, and I in you. I am the vine, you are the branches. And he proclaimed a mysterious and real communion between his own body and ours. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me, and I in him. When his visible presence was taken from them, Jesus did not leave his disciples orphans. He promised to remain with them until the end of time. He sent them his spirit. As a result, communion with Jesus has become, in a way, more intense. By communicating his spirit, Christ mystically constitutes as his body those brothers of his who are called together from every nation. I don't know if you had a chance this morning to listen to Father Groeschel. You know, we have the wisdom of Father Groeschel on every weekday morning at 9 a.m. And he was talking about that, where our Lord said, unless I go, I can't send the Holy Spirit. And here our catechism is saying, by communicating this spirit, his spirit, Christ mystically constitutes as his body those brothers of his who are called together from every nation. The comparison of the church with the body casts light on the intimate bond between Christ and his church. Not only is she gathered around him, she is united in him, in his body. Three aspects of the church as the body of Christ are to be more specifically noted. The unity of all her members with each other as a result of their union with Christ Christ as the head of the body, the church as the bride of Christ. One body. This is from the Catechism. One body. And my brothers and sisters, again, uh, this is a strong inspiration that I've been given, I believe, this year with this apostolate. We have to be one body in all things, in all ways, in truth, in Christ. That's the key. We can't all be into different directions, backbiting, backstabbing, finger-pointing, all these other things that we've been doing to each other over the past number of years now. The devil loves it. He loves it. You know, when we, when we start going at each other, he doesn't have to do anything. He can just sit back with his feet up and say they're going to destroy themselves, which is a complete inversion of the first century church where Scripture tells us that the pagans would look at the Christians and say, see how they love each other. What would people say today about us? One body, that's paragraph 789 in the Catechism. And then paragraph 790 says, Believers who respond to God's word and become members of Christ's body become intimately united with him. In that body, the life of Christ is communicated to those who believe and who, through the sacraments, 
are united in a hidden and real way to Christ in his passion and glorification. This is especially true of baptism, which unites us to Christ's death and resurrection, and the Eucharist, by which, really sharing in the body of the Lord, we are taken up into communion with him and with one another. Paragraph 791 teaches, The body's unity does not do away with the diversity of its members. In the building up of Christ's body, there is engaged a diversity of members and functions. There is only one spirit who, according to his own richness and the needs of the ministries, gives his different gifts for the welfare of the church. The unity of the mystical body produces and stimulates charity among the faithful. Okay, The unity of the mystical body produces and stimulates charity among the faithful. From this it follows and if, that if one member suffers anything, all the members suffer with him. And if one member is honored, all the members together rejoice. Finally, the unity of the mystical body triumphs over all human divisions. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ, there is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, there is neither male nor female, you are all one in Christ Jesus. Christ is the head of the body. That's paragraph 791. Christ is the head of the body, the church. He is the principal creation and and redemption, raised to the Father's glory in everything. He is preeminent, especially in the church, through whom he extends his reign over all things. So when we, my friends, call ourselves Christians and members of the mystical body of Christ, we're called into that unity in Christ as one body. Many parts and many different gifts to be shared. There's no room for jealousy. There's no room for uh, one-upmanship. There's no room for, for tearing down someone else. We're called to take whatever God has given us in the way of, of gifts, to use those gifts in a way that will build up the body of Christ. When one succeeds, we all rejoice. When one suffers, we all weep with them. We are one body. And think about the power in the body of Christ. Think about the the power of the prayer of the body of Christ, if we are all unified as one. I, I don't know about you, and, and maybe it is just me. I don't know. I, 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 you know, we look back to 30, 40 years ago. We didn't have all the social media that we have today, obviously. We didn't have the Internet. We didn't have... Facebook or YouTube, all all the various means of, of, of social media that are out there. Today, there's so many sources of information that we really have to be very discerning about what is truth. Because we know, and it's become a, a, 
very popular term these days is there is a lot of fake news out there. We're seeing most recently in our church the book that was published recently uh, and co-authored uh, um, credit given to uh, Cardinal Sarah and also Pope Emeritus Benedict XVI. And at one point, someone said, well, Pope Benedict really didn't co-author it, and Cardinal Sarah got upset, and you're accusing me of this. And then the Vatican said, no, Pope he, Benedict wrote something, but he knew he didn't—he made it clear he didn't want to be considered a co-author, and back and forth and back and forth. And then you hear the term, oh, well, maybe the, the Vatican pressured Pope Benedict and said, stop all this. <laughs> Just stop it. Just stop it. It's, it's the confusion comes from, from the devil. The division comes from the devil. And it's just, we can read and read. Now just pray. Are we praying for the Pope? Are we praying for the cardinals? Are we praying for our pastors? Just pray for them all. And pray for unity. Pray for a unified body of Christ that comes together. Catechism says in 793, Christ unites us with his Passover. All his members must strive to resemble him until Christ be formed in them. For this reason, we are taken up into the mysteries of his life, associated with his sufferings as the head with his body, suffering with him, that with him we may be glorified. Christ provides for us growth, to make us grow toward him, our head, he provides in his body, the church, the gifts and assistance by which we help one another door along the way of salvation. Christ and his church thus together make up the whole Christ. Christus totus. The church is one with Christ. The saints are acutely aware of this unity. Let us rejoice then and give thanks that we have become not only Christians, but Christ himself. Do you understand and grasp that God's grace toward, uh, I'm sorry, do you understand and grasp God's grace toward us? Marvel and rejoice, we have become Christ. For if he is the head, we are the members, he and we together are the whole man. The fullness of Christ then is the head and the members. But what does head and members mean? Christ and the church. And when we unite ourselves, my friends, with, with our Lord, and we come together as one body, as the people of God. As the Lord intended it. Now, even when our Lord founded the church, you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church. He didn't say churches. You are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church. And the gates of hell shall never prevail against it. But of course, my friends, as we say so often, what that implies is that the gates of hell will sure as heck try. And they've been trying, the gates of hell have been trying for 2,000 years to destroy the church. And one of the devil's greatest tactics and weapons used against us is the tool of division, to divide and conquer. Now, we know 
that he will never prevail. We know the church will be here until the Lord comes again. But we know that in the, in the course of these, these times on earth, these end times in which we are finding ourselves and have been living since our Lord ascended into heaven 2,000 years ago, the gates of hell have tried to prevail. Through all various ways and means, if we would remain faithful to Jesus, to the authority given to his vicar on earth, and the magisterium of the church, the teaching authority, and the bishops who are in union with the Holy Father. You know, as, as I've heard someone say, uh, you know, on the bark of Peter, you can fall off to the right and fall off to the left and find yourself in deep, dangerous waters. Stay on the boat. <laughs> Stay in line with Peter. That's how we go. That's how we live. That's, how, that's, that's, that's the bottom line. That's how we build up the body of Christ. No pope is perfect. No pope has ever been perfect. But the Holy Spirit is in charge, and we have to give God credit <laughs> that he knows who's where he is and what he needs and, and what the wants and needs of the people are and what God wants most especially, what God's will is. And we go with that. But we have to be united as the people of God. All right, tomorrow, 4 o'clock, join Cheryl and me for Friday Live. A couple of great guests joining us. Our friend, Dr. Paul Thigpen, Saints Who Saw Hell. This is going to be a great topic, so join us for that. Also, um, Jim will be here with the weather, music, all kinds of stuff. 4 o'clock tomorrow. Uh, until then, my friends, have a great uh, rest of your day. Thank you for being with me today. My name is Jim Manfredonia. Thanks for listening. God bless you and God love you. Uh...